What's happening, guys? We're back from New York City here to talk about one of the favorite films of one of the most important action fans ever to live today. It's Sudden Death. We'll see you guys in a second. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. And now, here's Popcorn Talk's action movie anatomy. It was there. I heard it. It's kind of still playing in the background. I'm not really sure what's going on. I don't know what's happening. So explosive. The explosion could not be contained. (sighs) Nor can our excitement for this fucking sweet film. This movie is the definition of the movies that we started the show. That we based the show off of. 100%. That's what this movie is. And Kernsey, right off the bat, I'm just going to tell you. That's Matt Kearns, by the way, who uh, runs the Twitter for Action Industries. I loved this movie. I thought this movie was terrific. I really did. And we were both very skeptical. We both thought it was going to be pretty bad. Uh, But it was awesome. And uh, Ryan, I actually just sent you an email uh, if you could, if you could email me back very quickly, it's a phone number awesome. for the studio. Because uh, okay. I want, I think I want Kearns to call in. I know that he's going to be watching. I know that he's ready. He's been asking for this movie for four years. That's a real four thing. years. Four years. He's been asking. And everyone, that's Ryan Nielsen up in the booth. Ryan, how you doing today? Shout out to you guys. I'm doing great. I'm excited to hear about sudden death. Sudden yes. death. This is one of the '90s Die Hard clones that happened. Yep. Uh, there was yep. a whole series of. There's a decade of movies where they just ripped off Die Hard, and some of them do it shamelessly this one's very shameless yeah but uh it's it's a sweet premise it's not like it's not like when you like the guy that invented the sandwich every sandwich after that has to suck because somebody else invented the sandwich (laughs) you can't have a sandwich i made the sandwich (laughs) yeah no i agree i think i mean there's a reason why this formula worked and was tried and tested over and over and over again you've got under siege you've got die hard you've got air force one you've got olympus has fallen fallen. like the list goes on and on and on so i'm gonna send this number over to kerns ben if you want to intro the show yeah so guys this is action movie anatomy here on the popcorn talk network the online broadcast network dedicated to talking movies all things movie related and pop culture by the bucket full we talk action movies on this show and i am ben bateman that is andrew guy that was good that was really good. That was right down the barrel. Guys, I'd like you to practice that at home. It's not as easy to say as you'd think it is. Yeah. I always get nervous when I have to do it. Still, and then when you stutter stutters. in the middle of it, <laughs> when you get when you trip up, all things action. It's embarrassing. It really is. I've seen you do it. I've um, seen you do it. So, guys, if you want to follow along with what we're doing here on the show, you can follow me personally at Ben Bateman Media. That is Andrew Guy. You can find him at Andrew Guy. And, of course, our brand, our personal brand, the one that uh, was born of this show, is called Action Industries. Yep. You can find at Action Industries everywhere, but specifically the Twitter for this is at Team Action Show. It was the very first piece of social media the show ever had. So, Team Action Show, Kernsey, Matt Kearns, yeah. one of our best fans in the whole world, runs that Twitter, so you can go and interact with him, tell him how sweet you thought this movie was. Yeah, we got to hang out with him in New York. York this last week. New York was absolutely incredible. It was really nice to take last Monday off. Yeah. Uh, but we did, we just had an amazing live show. We got Will Forte to call in. I mean, not call in. He made us a video as McGruber, which you guys will be getting eventually. We're in the process of editing it all together. I think that's going to bring, I'll bet you it goes up today or tomorrow on the, yeah. on, the, on our personal YouTube, which is Acting Industries. But uh, it was an unbelievable experience. New York was so much fun. We've talked about it at length on some of our live streams we've done. Um, you'll hear about it a little more today on the show. You'll hear about it some more uh, on the Action Guys as well. And uh, yeah, we, we are going to get into today's show. So uh, coming up, I wanted to give a quick shout out to uh, two new patrons. We got uh, Fresh Prince and The Germinator. We salute you. We salute you. We salute you. And of course, a brand new shout out to a general. We'll obviously get there at the end of the show, but we also like to shout him out at the very beginning. Sadi Lamanmaki. She's been, you guys all know her. You all love her. She's incredible. She was just in New York. She travels all over the world to go to Schmodown events and action events. So to have you now as a general, Saudi, is incredible. So thank you so much. If you guys want to become a general, patreon.com slash team action. It's the highest level. It's the highest level of service you can give to this action country. I think legend is more appropriate. <laughs> is that what he says? Oh, yeah. He's yeah. Like, Holy, this man is a hero. I think legend is more appropriate. Um, so uh, <laughs> it's the best ever. <laughs> it's from The Rock. All right. So, guys, this film is a sudden death. And uh, I think we just kind of... Look at that. It's a Patreon right there on the screen. Wow. It's amazing having Ryan up up in the booth. (laughs) Other people haven't done great jobs, but Ryan goes above and beyond. Uh, I love it. I really do. 
No, man, seriously, it really means so much to us. So uh, let's get into the rules because I think that this movie is the definition of the rules. Yeah, when we started the show back in 2015, there was a lot of discussions about the movies. Like, 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 Drew and I sat down. We sat down together. Hey, John, how you doing? We oh, sat down. Yeah, to- we Should we talk about this? <laughs> we'll get to we'll it. We'll we'll real get quick, there. every time I cut to Ben, John looks in the corner of the frame, just <laughs> aiming at his mic. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we just shouted out the general, so we'll, we'll get there in a half a second. But I do want you to finish your thought on us sitting down at, at nonstop sushi non-stop in Santa sushi. Monica. Drew and I, back in 2015, back when we concepted this show in that first six months, uh, we spent a lot of hours at this all-you-can-eat sushi joint in Santa Monica called Nonstop Sushi. It's pretty good. Uh, it's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's like uh, it's like that B level all-you-can-eat yeah. where it's like you don't get sick. It's all pretty nope. tasty. Yep. But about 80 percent of the meal, you're like, this is gross. Look at that. <laughs> and I right there. <laughs> <laughs> that is the most promotion they've ever gotten their whole entire existence. And Drew and Drew and I would go and eat like an absurd absurd amount of like 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 an offensive amount of sushi. we'd order and they'd be like you know you get two pieces for each or like yeah we know we, yeah. we want 24 pieces of salmon we, right yeah we get a whole we get 30 <laughs> pieces of salmon i mean we, we'd make ourselves sick um every time and uh that's that's where we concepted most of this show and i just remember making the list of all the things it was like all right you know what are, what are like the commonalities between this list of 50 movies mm-hmm. that we love like all these movies you know under siege and point break and predator and die hard and at the time we had both seen a lot of them, but we both we both hadn't seen all of them. Yeah. So there was stuff that we were still just kind of going. And, like, so those rules we came up with back in the day. And there's ones that didn't make the list, like uh, Red Dot Silencers uh, and C4. There was, like, gratuitous nudity. There was movies there was like had a, to be made after 1981. Yeah, there, there was some that didn't quite make the cut, but these four are what we stuck with. Yeah, rule number one, the hero always plays by their own rules. Um, and I would say definitely, you know? Yeah. He's... Uh, What's his name in the movie? Jean-Claude Van Damme. <laughs> Honestly, I can't remember his name. It's, I he, remember Joshua's. He's so much more relevant than Powers Booth in this movie. Powers Booth is the main character of this movie. 100%. Yeah, no question. Uh, yeah, he is. Yeah. Okay, so... Uh, uh, rule number two, the uh, hero and the villain are always the smartest people being things, dinosaurs in the room. Well, Powers Booth is both the hero and the villain. Yeah. And he's, <laughs> he's smarter than and he's smarter than Jean-Claude. So, no, but I mean, he and Jean-Claude are the smartest guys in the movie. Definitely. The fact that Jean-Claude is able to survive as long as he does in that place, just as a lowly fireman with high kicks i spent 20 minutes this morning just talking out loud in john claude voice and making myself laugh <laughs> every time I would, i'd be like doing something i was I'd like walk in just because the way that he walks into rooms in this yeah. movie he's like not even talking and we're like god he's a bad actor <laughs> and, and, and like i'd like i'd like walk into i could i'd like walk into the room and be Ooh. like like walking to the gym this morning, I was like, "Ah, look at all these weights. These are so difficult to lift. They're like, so heavy. <laughs> these are so these are such heavy weights. Ah, like ah! <laughs> it's like kind of Schwarzenegger, but like, but like more French. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. He has yeah. a French moment in the movie. He speaks. He speaks French to, to, to the other player. To, yeah, he's French Canadian. Like, We're gonna fuck him up. He's like, he yeah. said nothing. He said nothing. <laughs> um. Anyway, so so rule number two: hero and the villain are always the smartest people, being things, dinosaurs in the room. Rule number three: the, the movie is driven by a police, military, political, or mercenary figure. I mean, yeah, he was a fireman. Now he's a fire marshal. Ooh, right? Because he's he's too scared to get back out in the field. This movie. Uh, this movie was. Oddly dark, very dark. Yeah, there's a lot. Of, there was a lot of death. Uh, we got, we got something here. Yeah, what um, is that? The name that would be calling out? That is no. That is actually uh, Jean Claude's character name. Oh, Darren, Darren McCord. McCord. There we go. God, I'm pretty sure they didn't say that once. <laughs> <laughs> Darren McCord. Darren McCord. I don't think he's ever called that. He looks like a Darren McCord. <laughs> is he ever called that? They, they've got to say like. McCord. Yeah, they do when they figure out who he is in the Die Hard moment. Right, right. The Die Hard moment. We got to watch out for this guy. <laughs> yeah, Di- Darren McCord. Who is this guy? Um, rule number four: the movie contains a minimum of one explosion. Um, definitely, there's a bunch of explosions in this movie. There's some sweet slow mo ones. Um, yeah, so that those are the rules of action movie anatomy, and that's uh, that's kind of what what would pick the movies oh, we did. And this movie definitely feels like the movies we would have done back then. Yeah, yeah. This is like the truest of form of the show, right down the middle. It's funny to me. It's actually funny to me that neither of us had ever seen it. I know, or that like. I mean, basically, Kernsey's the only person I've ever met that, like, really hammered home how much I needed to see this movie. I've never talked to a person that's seen this movie in my life. I, like, it's, <laughs> like, anytime I've ever brought it up, like, people in the Schmodown community, especially the guys, the yeah, older guys. that's true. You know, Christian and Mark and all those guys, they've all seen this movie, because this is their era. It's yeah. 95, too, so, like, Die Hard's 88. Like, this is, by the time this came out, all those guys were the right age. I just don't understand how I missed this movie growing up. My mom was a gigantic Jean-Claude fan, and we, I was as well. We were seven when this came out. This we, was on cable when we were ten years old. And like, we said all the other movies, right? Like, every other movie that he's been in, you and I have seen 
watched time after time. Somehow this one just missed. And I think, honestly, this one just missed in general to the yeah. public. I agree. And there's a, there's a bunch of different reasons why I think that we'll kind of get into as the episode goes on. So we're going to jump into the very first part of the show here, uh, which is called Thesis Statement. But before we do, uh, I want to remind, so we have the phone number for Kernzy to be on. Do, is Weeks Kernzy in the chat? Yeah, I, he, I, I messaged it to Kearns. He's going to call in around fist pump moment. Okay, terrific. So I yeah. just want to give a quick shout out to my boy, John, here. Yeah. Um, this is from uh, Jake Yacovetta. Jake Yacovetta and uh, and Eric Frederick. Yeah, they they, they, they got this out. for us as a gift when they were in New York uh, last week, hanging out, getting ready to go to the action show, and they saw it at a comic book store, and they were like, "These guys have to have this," and, and we do it. They said it was the coolest, biggest thing that they saw. <laughs> that was the most perfect for the show. Now it was a little bit interesting getting it back over did to you California. Have to take the box off and just kind of pack it in clothes, as you did. Yeah, well, so. <laughs> Ashley's going to love this. My girlfriend, I hate her Jansport backpack. Yeah. I think it's like she needs to get a new one. It looks like she's 12, uh, and it's really dirty. Uh, <laughs> she's like, it was the only thing that would carry this perfectly. Oh. Completely un, like, unassisted. Unadulterated. Just, it, I was going to say unadulterated, <laughs> but it was in the bag by itself, perfectly tra- traveled well. It was the only place it would fit. Wouldn't fit in my carry-on, wouldn't she, fit in my check bag. Did she make you carry the Jansport backpack? She won't let me carry the Jansport, but she made me acknowledge how helpful it was numerous times. <laughs> and it was, so thank you, Jake and Eric. And of course, Another general, Tamor Buddha? Buddha? Buddha, yeah, Buddha. maybe. Yeah. He, he got us Suntory whiskey. As you guys all know, we love Japanese whiskey. Weren't there two bottles? No. Oh, I thought you said there was another bottle. I, I got confused saying that, because uh, it had it had changed hands numerous times. Ah, okay. So I thought that it was like, I thought Kelsey had also gotten on one, but she was just holding it because he was already ah, gone. I see. And then, yeah, so this is, there were three bottles. <laughs> oh, oh, the Mac 12 was from, that was from. That was from before. Detenshi. Yeah, that was from Ryan. Ryan Angel, Detenshi. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so, so much whiskey. So guys, much great whiskey. You guys know if you key to our hearts, if you want to show your appreciation, just send us something to keep the alcoholism just, rolling. Just super chat and send us whiskey, and that's all we need in our lives. Um, but yeah, so let's let's get into thesis statement because I'm pretty curious about this because it's these movies are always. It feels almost silly to make like a, a hard and fast like thesis statement, one that you would actually really talk. Guys, thesis statement's that thing. It's your biggest, boldest thought about the movie that we are discussing at hand. If you were at a party, a sudden death party, oh. it would be incredible. <laughs> not Great party. not yeah. only would I wish I was there, but it would be the one thing that you said, drop the mic, peace out, grab a bottle of Suntory on the way. If this movie had been made with any dramatic actor in the 90s, <laughs> it would have been a classic in the John Claude role. Is what I mean to say. Any of them. Any A-list dramatic actor in the 90s in the Jean-Claude role, and this movie's a classic. 100%. The only reason it's not is because Jean-Claude's the star. It's, and I I will, like, I honestly think Joshua Foss, the Powers Booth character, is the best character in the movie. Like, I don't think you have to argue that. I think anyone who watches this movie can just tell. Yeah. But I think that if you were to have, like, Mel Gibson, or if you had Nick Cage, God, how sweet would this movie have been if Nick Cage was in the role? God, so sick. In 95, like... Any of even if you put like Michael Douglas, like any like just a little girl in a fire. Yeah. <laughs> Michael Douglas, you put like there are so many guys in the nineties, even B level guys in the nineties. Totally, the, all those guys probably saw the script and passed on at some point. Yeah, ninety five. That would have been a Wait, good. But Swayze. he has another. Uh, doesn't he have another hockey movie? Swayze? Swayze? Does he not? Uh, he's called Youngblood, but he's that's that's like a like, sports movie, right? 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 Action right. movie. Yeah. Uh, it's just something about the fact that he's not American. He's not a very good actor, and it's. He's he's like this is not really he's not believable as like a fire marshal with kids. He's like you just none of those things play for me. Yeah, like you not for one second do you believe that he's a fire marshal? Do you believe that the kids are his? Do you believe that he's doing anything other than just trying to look awesome as Jean Claude Van Damme? Yeah, uh, which is why and someone else in the chat already agreed. They're like he does have a very distinct walk and i know that seems crazy but like literally the first thing that ben says after the fire the next scene or whatever when you see him walking up to the house with the kids you're like god he's a bad actor and i was like you're so right and he hasn't said a goddamn word he's like yet. he's like he's just like yeah he, exactly he's just kind of jaunting into the scene the way that he walks and you're like god stop it yeah you're going to pick up your kids from your ex-wife on their birthday as a surprise you know you're going to get into some shit like uh, and, and sell it and like the sweetest part about it the sweetest part about it is like all the conventions, all the cliches are there. He shows up and you're like, 
That's obviously that's the obviously stepdad. the stepdad. Yep. That's the disapproving mother. Yep. The kids really love him. He's going to try to pick him up. She's going to be upset. The stepdad probably is either he's either a dick bag or he's going to kind of exactly. be in John. He's yep. or he's going to kind of be in John Claude's corner. But like it's going to be distinctly one or the other. Always. And the first line that he has is like, "I think his job's pretty important. He's really cool." You're, and you're, you're like, like oh, okay. "Oh, so that's this guy. Stepdad's cool. The Good mom's the villain." <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Just completely by the numbers. Uh, really quickly here in the chat, we have Carl Jean-Baptiste. First of all, your name is sick. Second of all, he says, what's up, guys? It's my first time here. Cheers. Well, after four years and 200 episodes, it's always exciting to have new people join us. So uh, thanks for hanging out. Yeah, Carl. Appreciate good it. to see you. Good to see you here hanging out with us. We're, this is going to be a fun one. I, yeah. love, I love when we get to do movies like this. Me too. It really is kind of the sweet spot. It is, and especially if we like it, which we totally did. Yeah, but even if we dislike it, like Predator 2 is one of my favorite oh, episodes. Yeah, that's a really bad one. Because, like, there's something about these 90s action movies. I almost think that we should lean more into these than, like... If we can find... If, like, if we can continue to find movies like this that are yeah. that good, yeah. I'm so in. Yeah. Like, any time that we have a week where we don't have a new release coming out and we kind of try to reach for something that's, like, yeah. kind of adjacent... We should just do a movie like this. Right. It'd be perfect. Yeah. No, fuck the mechanic. Let's yeah. just... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> to all you guys, it's just the mechanic. Um, <laughs> so for me, it's tough because I do want to just say Powers Booth is the best part of this movie, yeah, but it's, it's it's too easy. It's base level. Yeah, exactly. And this is thesis statement. Base level, Mac. I think that this movie was... F- it came out in 95, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's four years ahead of its time. I know oh. it seems weird. Interesting. But I think if this movie came out in 99 or 2000. Yeah. It would have been received. And it has to be a different lead. Yeah. It has to be. Uh, but I think that it came out too early. And I think the reason why is it's too close to when Die Hard came out. Yeah. It's so the same people, year as Die Hard 3. Exactly. And so people are like, all right, well, if I'm going to watch two, if I'm going to watch one movie this summer, it's going to be Sudden Death or Die Hard 3. I'm going Die Hard 3, right? <laughs> The other thing is that this movie is oddly dark for a 90s movie. Yeah. They kill a child in the first few minutes. They kill an old woman and her husband that are completely innocent. They kill innocent people regularly throughout the movie. The the villain actually says he's going to execute people at a certain time if things are not happening, and he does it, which is something that almost never happens in these movies. Yeah. There's always, like, something else that happens or blah, blah, blah. So I feel that this movie... Is oddly dark for the mid-90s. And I think that if it came out a few years later, farther away from Die Hard 3, maybe they pick an off year between Lethal Weapon and Die Hard installments, this movie would have been much more successful. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I, I also think I also think um, the, the sort of idea of this genre, where it was at the time, you know, because like Speed 2, I think, is the next year, I want to say. Cruise Control, I think, is like 96. Like, I just think that audiences in general at this point were, were getting pretty tired of this. You know, movies changed a lot post 9-11. We've talked about this before. Action movies especially. Everything became kind of a war movie and very Mm self-serious. It's like generally we – people didn't really want this genre again until more like the 2010s. Yeah. Like like Olympus working, you know, those movies that we always talk about, like your equalizers and your Mm takens, like that whole entire thing, we had to wait a while before audiences really wanted that genre. The the 2000s, the mid-2000s and even the late 90s to some degree – Audiences felt like they were too smart, I think. Yeah, there was a lot of really bad war movies and a lot of, like, really, like, cool, sexy action movies that were trying to be something else. Whereas these movies were trying to just be hardcore. Because I guess I remember, like, all those movies that came out when we were about 10 years old. You remember movies like Mercury Rising? Of course I do. You know? and like, Like Baldwin. Yeah, and they just, I think they just, in general, weren't very memorable. They just, they all felt like they were kind of, like, just regurgitating the same ideas 100% and a lot of the actors that were in those movies it's like somehow somehow we had to get into the next era of movie making before audiences wanted to see simple movies again and different stars right they yeah. all it was like instead of the Willis's and the Ford's and the Gibson's yeah. it became XYZ whoever you want to pick for the mid 2000s and the weird thing is too that a lot of the guys now who are like you're like a list movie stars guys who we love to watch and we'll just like see in anything mm-hmm if they were to make a movie like this, it almost feels beneath them, right? Like, it's you don't get a whole... Like, The Rock made Skyscraper, right? Right. Skyscraper is, like, this kind of movie. 100%. You know? And you don't get very many movie stars that are willing to do that. If Ryan Gosling tried to make a sudden death, I'd be like, what? Yeah. Be sick. I mean, it'd be awesome, but <laughs> yeah. I'd be like, what the hell is this? Right. You know, Chadwick Boseman comes out and makes a sudden death? You're like, what? Like, why are you... What's yeah. happening? Yeah, you know, Jamie Foxx does Sleepless, and we're just like, I don't care. I'm not going to watch that. <laughs> I don't even know what that movie is. He's a cop from a couple right. of years ago. Right, it's like a thriller, right. Yeah, you know. 
Uh, so we got a few things in here. Uh, Carl Jean-Baptiste saying, Powers Booth is so underrated. I couldn't agree more. Uh, I think he's one of the most underrated actors, period. Yeah. He's, he's incredible. Uh, we got Denisio here is a great one. He says, this Sudden Death is a better Die Hard movie than any Die Hard film except the first. Oh, interesting. Which I actually... I don't know if I disagree. I do love Die Hard with a Vengeance I mean, so much. Three though. is really good. Yeah, it's, it's got so a really good. good villain, and he's sweet. And I, I think yeah. three is better. But I, I think this is definitely better than any of the other three Die Hard movies. And I think this is, I, I think this movie like legitimately deserves a lot more attention than it gets. It's just he's just such a bad actor. He the is. Problem. He really is. But he's he still is tolerable. I yeah, guess. he's entertaining. Yeah, but even even like when he's in the kitchen, you know, he like watch walks in the kitchen, and like my internal monologue that I'm hearing when he's in the kitchen, he's like. Oh my God! There are so many dangerous things in this kitchen. Oh, these plates are so hot. Oh, look at these knives. The oh, kitchen it's so dangerous. The kitchen fight was hilarious. Oh, what accent? That is. Every yeah, I don't, <laughs> <laughs> everything was on. Still, yeah. everything was still on. The oh, fire, he's fire. The, it's so dangerous. <laughs> fire! Let me burn your hand. He doesn't sound anything like that. Uh, we have here from Jarvie. Richard Eric Jarvie says, Sudden Death is almost a classic action movie, if not for the abrupt ending. They could have milked it with a Con Airish ending, but missed the opportunity and it ended too fast. Oh, interesting. You think that like when the kid gets kidnapped, you could have gone 20 more minutes? It's weird, because the movie's too long yeah. already. The movie's an hour and 50 plus, yeah. right? Yeah. So it feels like maybe they should have just cleaned up something in the middle. To make the ending a little bit less abrupt, because the ending is very odd. We get into that. We get into the meat of the movie so fast that, yeah. like, you know, like really the 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 operation starts, you know, within twenty minutes. Um, Do you need to see the girl die at the beginning? Does that need to happen? <laughs> no, right? <laughs> Not at all. Him being, you you just don't need any of that. Like, no. like it's his, his. And I think it's just because he's a bad actor. I'm just gonna he just say doesn't, he's, he's he not doesn't damaged sell or anything. <laughs> I mean, look, he's so he's so hard to watch that when the movie starts and he's like there in this firefighter's uniform, I, I felt like it was an SNL sketch. Yeah, I felt like you see him in a firefighter's no, uniform no. when he comes out in the <laughs> hockey goalie thing, oh and no one notices that there's just a different person in like in the world, like in the finals, the Stanley Cup finals. Someone else just comes out as your goalie. You're like, get in there. Well, because the whole so we stopped the movie relatively early. Oh yeah, this, this is, is this is interesting yeah. actually, and we're gonna get to. The a statement in a second. Or those of you guys, in a second. yeah, those of you who've watched a lot of episodes of this show, you probably kind of know where I'm going to go with this. But you know, we paused the movie early because it was like, and it's funny, the knife never mattered, right? Yeah, the knife did never matter. I don't so, think so. At one point, they're in the kitchen and he sees the big knife and he like throws it up and it comes down and like chops an onion or something. And Drew's like, that knife's going to matter, you know? Mm-hmm. And I was like, I paused this. I was like, it's so interesting, you know, at this point when you watch formulaic movies. You, you notice stuff like that, the stamp on the hand, yep. and you're like, okay, any detail that you're taking time to show me early, this is going to matter later. There has to be a reason that this is happening, otherwise you wouldn't put it in the script, because why it's in you the You wouldn't script. take the 20 to 30 seconds of, of your audience's attention and focus it on the stamp over and over and over. Because people don't realize that when you're, when you're editing a movie, you're cutting 10 seconds here, mm-hmm. 15 seconds here, you're cutting a full scene. Sometimes, but a lot of the time, it's just the insert of the stamp on the hand is a shot that gets cut there. Unless you need it, right? Yeah. And so we were like, you know, it's so interesting when you watch these movies to be like, he has the line with the with the guy in the locker room about hockey and that he used to play. And he used I, to be I, an amateur goalie. We were like, that's going to come up. And we were like, how are they going to get him on the on the <laughs> ice playing hockey? Because that obviously has to happen now. Yeah. You know, like, but like you know, it's coming because it gets brought up early in the movie, and yeah. we were both just like, that's really going to happen. They're actually going to. How the fuck are they going to get him in a hockey uniform? And it's one of those things where we were talking. It's like if you watch as many movies as we do, and probably as many movies, excuse me, as you guys do, you sit there and you start to really notice these things. You notice the moments that the, the director, the editor take to focus on one thing that should be brought up again later. Whereas if you're the person that watches one movie a month, 12 movies a year in theaters, which is still a decent amount, yeah. actually, it's probably more like one every two months, you're the type of person that doesn't even think about it. You're just rolling through the movie. You're like, oh, that's an interesting thing. And that's how they get you as a writer, as a director. When that comes back around, you're like, wow, I didn't even, I remember that. I didn't even Call see that coming. coming. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's just an interesting thing that I think now us as an audience, we've kind of evolved past that. You really have to you really have to pull a curveball to surprise your audience. Yes, be pretty subtle, yeah. Um, but uh, anyhow, anyhow, that's gonna that's gonna wrap up thesis statement. So uh, we are gonna get into fist pump moment in one second, but I just just because I remembered this and I you know we talked about John Wick and we talked about the whiskey, uh-huh. uh, but on AMA we haven't gotten to tell this story. Oh and yeah, I think it's a pretty important. One this to is tell. a good one. There's also a good John Claude story we're gonna tell later in the show. Oh. He said action. <laughs> uh, 
So a little while back, like about a month ago, on one of our streams that we do, Drew and I stream four times a week on Action Industries for about an hour each time. Yeah. Uh, I did an illegal stream while I was driving. It was a bad decision. Um, <laughs> it sounded like it did well, though. It did well. It yeah. was mostly streaming from the dashboard of my car. The phone position kept changing. Um, it was a disaster. But, I hit two children. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, the point was, the, the point was, uh, on that stream, I was talking a little bit about Tom Petty, because he's my favorite artist of all time. And I was saying to the, the people on the stream that Tom Petty is somebody who I've always wanted a Tom Petty tour shirt, like a, but like a classic one, like an yeah. old school one. I'd always been looking for this era, uh, late 80s, early, sorry, late, late 70s, early 80s, because Petty like debuts in the mid 70s. And by the time he got really famous again in the late 80s and early 90s, the shirts are all horrible. They're all like really ugly. And so I was pointing out that there were these just these really, really cool shirts from the Hard Promises Tour, which is from 1981. There was one shirt in particular that I had seen at like a vintage store in Venice, and it was really expensive. And the guy was like, you should just get it, man. You know, these are rare. And I talked about it on the stream, and Jake Yacovetta and Jeremiah Morris and a handful of other people in the Action Army. They're spearheaded. Okay, we've got. It sounds like we got Kernsey on the line, so I'll just I'll give me one second here, Kernsey. Yep. You can put. You can even put Kernsey through if you want. He can just be on while we finish the story because you know he was in New York as well. Uh, they surprised me and they bought the shirt. Yeah, and it, they gave it to me in New York City uh, as a gift, and I freaked out. It was the coolest thing that's ever happened. It was crazy. I mean, uh, Jake reached out to me and he's like, "Hey, we got the shirt. We're wondering what we want to do. Should we should we send it to you guys in the studio? Should we bring it to New York? Like, what's the best way to surprise Ben?" And I was like. Well, dude, you just got to bring it to New York. I mean, that's that's the way to do it. Action yeah. live, you know, everyone's going to be there in the army. And these shirts are not cheap by any means. They're actually like extremely, extraordinarily expensive, extraordinarily more and expensive. almost offensively <laughs> more expensive <laughs> than my suit, more expensive than both of our suits. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I don't know. It's awesome. I you know I saw it again last night when I was over at your place when we were doing our stream, and it's just it's you can. The thing's older than we are. It's almost 40 years old. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. It was such a sweet gift, and you guys are the coolest ever. So just wanted to give a shout because I really appreciate the uh, the fans that support us and, and are a part of the Army, and especially the generals in the Action Army, both of which Jeremiah and Jake are. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's just it's amazing. So check out patreon.com slash teamaction if you want to, you know, join that brotherhood. And a whole lot of brotherhood. A whole lot of brotherhood. Is that Currency on the line? We got him on the line. Right it now. is. Currency, how you doing, brother? I'm doing amazing because you're finally doing Sun Death. By telling me for four years you would never do it. <laughs> <laughs> we we have moved this around on the schedule more than any movie that we've even discussed to come on the show. Uh, but thank you, honestly, thank you for your persistence, your perseverance, because we loved it. We had we had a really good time. You're an integral piece of the action family, Kearns, and uh, you have shown us something beautiful. Um, so Ben, what is a fist pump moment? A fist pump moment is that moment something happens in the movie. You look around, you're like, "Are you seeing this right now? This is so sweet! God, this is awesome!" It can be anything. It can be a line. It can be a look between father and son. It can be the opening music. It can be a, a headshot. Um, literally anything. Yep. Uh, it's just it's that moment in the movie that just like convinces you you're doing something awesome with your life by watching this movie. Hundred percent. And uh, we might as well start off with the man of the hour, Kearns. What is your fist pump? And then I want to hear your thesis because I know you have the whole thing lined up. Oh yeah, I I I I've had all this lined I've been thinking up for about like four this for years. years. Like pictures, <laughs> you guys. So fist bump to me, I think it needs to come early enough into the movie to where like, oh my god, I want to spend the next hour and a half watching this. So for me, my fist bump, it's the fight with the penguin mascot. It's completely <laughs> crazy and stupid, but it lets you know the movie you're about to watch, and it's pretty <laughs> awesome, especially how it ends where you just knocks her into like i don't know the weird conveyor belt it's a in the kitchen and dishwasher her. It's, it's sweet i i literally fist pumped last night when i was watching it and i was alone ben and i were actually <laughs> laughing out loud during that fight not only was it like a hilarious reenactment of the fight from spy in the kitchen but also that woman in that suit <laughs> literally picks up and body slams Jean-Claude and drags him across the counter in a penguin suit. We were like, we were like, God, she is so strong. Or, or Jean-Claude is incredibly weak. I'm not sure which it is. I, and like, she, 
it's a like the, it's a gnarly fight. Like the the hand in the fryer is pretty oh, yeah. intense, and then like you, we kept like leaning over each other, like God, this movie's pretty gruesome, pretty gruesome. Yeah, yeah. the fryer. I just I'm telling you, Kearns, Every time he'd like look at something else in the kitchen, be like, Oh, this fryer is so hot, it's still on. You know, <laughs> let me use it. These knives are so sharp. Um, that was just the my, my inner monologue. That's why I was just I just kept saying that shit to myself this morning. Um, all right, so that's your fist bump moment. I'm I'm on board with you, buddy. What's one hundred percent? What do you got for your thesis? Uh, well, my thesis is not tracking anyway, but it's that Sun Death is the most underrated '90s action film. You guys know I'm like the only person I think out of all your fandom who has been talking about this movie. No one else really brings it up. I never see it on any action movie list, and it needs to be seen because it is pure '90s action movie gold. I think that if we were going to do like a like I think if we were to do like the greatest villains of all time list, let's say we did like our top hundred. Yeah, I know that Foss would make it in there. Oh, hundred because I'm a huge fan of his already, and I think honestly on rewatch and thinking about it, that would be one of our sweet like the action guys have this like strong opinion about this character from this like otherwise just okay movie, but yeah. he's so good that it's like worth putting on the list for that reason. Maybe we should do a villains discussion on the action guys today. Seems like a good that idea. That could be kind of cool. Foss is, Foss is up he's there. He's so good. He's the greatest villain of all time. Of all time. <laughs> um, I, thesis, it, it, it's, it's strong. I mean, I, it's, it's hard for me to just say something that definitive and, and completely agree with you, but I don't disagree. It is one of those movies that the only thing that it's actually missing is gratuitous nudity, but you do see a lot of man-ass. You do. There's a lot of male nudity in the film, which is, which is funny. It's true. What's that? I said it's true. There it's, is, yeah. there's like it's a true. lot of... I we do. don't see any Van Damme ass, though. He no. also doesn't do the splits. I kept expecting him to do the splits in the kitchen. How is he? I thought he was going to do the splits when he was when he was well, playing goalie, right? Well, well, that's what I love about this movie, and, and I'm a huge Van Damme fan. And something I love about him is that he usually his fighting style is to the character that he's playing, and he knew that a firefighter would not be able to do all the splits and kicks, so he doesn't do it. I respect that. That he could have had him do him, but then it's like, why would a firefighter be doing splits? How would he know this? How do you feel about our general disdain for Jean-Claude's acting? I, I'm fine. Look, <laughs> I love like, I'm a realist, man. <laughs> but it's one of those things where it's like, I get he's not a good actor, but I still love him. Oh, like, so I, I get he's never going to be high tier for anyone. Look. I also walk around and I go, oh my god, look, there's a knife and there's a fire. What yeah. am I going to do with this? Yeah. I'm fighting the penguin now. Oh my god. <laughs> there needs to be a version of this movie released on Blu-ray with Van Damme's like, inner monologue right. that yeah. you can play along. <clears throat> that would be amazing. He has a pretty good sense of humor about himself, so I, I wonder if he would do like a commentary track. Yeah, it seems like he does now. Uh, what is your fist bump, Ben? Uh, it's... <laughs> I think it's probably honestly just the, when you. I think it's yours too. The what? first time you see Powers Booth. God damn it, it is. Because it's. Because, it, like, the cut up to Powers Booth, it's also. Okay, you know what? Because he has so many good lines, I yeah. can burn the best line as my fist okay. bump. Okay, really, that's fair. Like, the first time you see his face, it's pretty It's pretty incredible. Um, he's so handsome. He's so he's handsome. He's striking and he's evil. And so, yeah, yeah. His so, delivery is just incredible. So, here, I'm going to see if I can. I'm going to do this one. So, uh,. He's like he, he talks to the vice president. And the guy's like, he's like, it's okay, it's okay. And Foss Powers Booth looks at him and he goes, "I know what you're thinking. Evaluate the situation, calculate potential losses, and take appropriate action." Well, let me do that for you. Situation is hopeless. Losses would be unacceptable. So the appropriate action is for you to do nothing and keep your fucking mouth shut. Yeah, I was just like, I was just like, ah. Oh! Oh, God, this guy's good. He's so ruthless. We were like, these lines are written so perfectly. Like, literally, all the good writing went into just Foss. Yeah, and literally, he feels like that whole delivery when it's happening in the movie, as an action movie fan, I was like, oh, sweet. This yeah. writing is one step ahead of me. Yeah. I am I was legitimately we like... We were both like, I'm in. I'm totally in. Like, I'm sold on this guy. And, I mean, <laughs> he's also... It's funny, because is Powers Booth handsome, or is he striking? Striking. He's not actually handsome, right? I mean, he's kind of handsome. Is but he handsome? He's definitely striking. Kearns, is, is, weird... he, is he handsome? <laughs> Kearns, you're the expert here. <laughs> he is strikingly handsome. Oh, okay. okay. Clever girl. Uh, we might as well get your favorite line while you're still on the phone, Kearns. What is your favorite line in the movie? I hope you don't steal mine. Okay, so my favorite line, it's Powers Booth line, because of course it is. Of course it is. It's right after he's killed one of the... Um, 
the I guess Secret Service men or whatever. You know what the vice president's giving that spiel where he's like, "Oh, he has a wife, he has kids." And Powers Booth, oh, yeah. like a cocky dick, just goes, "I'll send a card." Yes. Like he just. The line is that agent's name was Eddie Colleen. He has a five-year-old boy and a three-year-old little girl, and his wife's pregnant. Booth goes, "I'll send a card. I'll send a card." It's so- no, he doesn't. He literally, like, "I'll send a card." Oh, like, okay. whatever. I don't yeah. care. Yeah, it's so good. Uh, Kearns, thanks so much for calling in, man. Where can the people find you online? I know that you do a lot of stuff, including running our Twitter, which you're doing a fantastic job at. We'll give you a nice long shout-out at the end as we've been doing the Action Industry shout-out. But uh, where can the people find you and what you're doing? Uh, well, thank you guys for really calling first. But you guys can find me at Mafia on Twitter. And my work is on the YouTube channel, Take Food Productions. Check out my uh, video. I like a movie like Sunday Death. Movies that... Only people like me enjoy, but I'll let you know why I enjoy them. And I have not done a Van Damme movie yet, but you guys just made me realize I need to cover one. So maybe I'll be back this month. Uh, yeah, Kearns, uh, just because you, you kind of uh, you broke up a little bit there, I want to make sure the people listening totally got it. Kearns, he does, uh, he has a YouTube channel called Take 3 Productions, and his Twitter is Kearns underscore Matthew. That's K-E-A-R-N-S underscore Matthew. Check that out. Kearns, he's the best. Uh, you rock, man. Thanks for making us watch this movie. All right, thank you guys for finally covering it. You got it, brother. We salute you. We'll talk to you soon. See you, pal. See you. All right, so what's your fist pump? So my fist pump moment, well, you took it. It's the line? We did it, yeah. It's a collaborative one. I mean, between the first time you see Powers and then that line, it's... uh, I was so in. I was so stoked. Like the pan up to his face when you first see him? He's like in a tuxedo. I... I will say it was a weird fist... Because I've I've had these a handful of times on the show. But when the little girl died, you were like, wow, that's... That's intense. But then when they killed the old lady, I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. This movie is different than what I expected. So it was it was like a, a half fist pump because a sweet old woman died who was just trying to just trying to be sweet and old. I know. Uh, gave him Fig Newtons. Um, and that guy never has to pay. Yeah, he, he just doesn't. He's he fine. Some, he gets, he gets, gets away. Free. It's That's terrible. not okay. Uh, but that was my other kind of like, all right, I'm in. This movie is going to be way like more intense than I ever thought it was going to be. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. That is my fist bump moment. Sweet. All right, so we're going to continue moving through the show into the next part of the show. That's going to be star profiles. So we're going to talk about these guys' careers, where they were. Uh, interestingly enough, you know, this is Jean-Claude. I would say it's Jean-Claude's heyday. I think it is. Yeah. I think this is sort of the tail end of his heyday, it feels like, right? Because mm-hmm. by the late 90s, he was making, like, Double Team and Knock Off. Like less successful movies. Yeah, these movies were still pretty relevant. Street Fighter was like a big deal. So, like this is like that. That's like a huge. You know, he's like so the, the year before he makes Street Fighter in '94. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was like a big deal because obviously it was like the biggest video game at the time. Mortal Kombat being the other, which came out the next year, I believe, two years later. Uh, Time Cop '94, huge, very mm-hmm. famous. Um, by the way, I have to make sure you watch some of Jean Claude Van Johnson. Oh, I know. Eric Frederick was talking about it in the chat today. It's so good. In fact, uh, hey Ryan, can you pull up? Hey. That's, that's Ryan Nielsen in the booth. Can you pull up uh, Jean-Claude Van Johnson opening monologue? I'll bet you it's on YouTube, and it's it's sweet. Like, uh, him waking up and, like, his little monologue that he gives. I wonder if it's the thing I remember, because you'll get a good laugh out of it. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I have no idea what you're talking about, so I'm excited. It's Van Johnson or Jean-Claude, Jean-Claude Van, Johnson. Van Johnson? Yeah, Hard Target being the other one in 93. So, you know, I mean, he had had, he had, had Kickboxer and Bloodsport. Mm-hmm. You know, I think Universal Soldier is later than this. Um, I couldn't tell you. Honestly. And then you know, there's like Lionheart, and there's a few others. Um, yeah, this is totally it. Okay, before we get to powers, let's let's play this. Okay. Yeah. Oh gosh. It's him, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The premise of this was well, I'll explain it in a second. But this was like one of those pilots that they made the pilot and then they posted on Amazon to see if it would get picked up, like if fans liked it enough. Right. <laughs> it's such a ridiculous. He that de- to- had to have had a sense of humor of himself to make it. I would hope so. Something that we didn't experience meeting him. No, but not none of the times. <laughs> <laughs> this is how you know you've made it. Where is his monologue? He should start talking. Is he, is he supposed to start talking? I thought so. How long is this? I wonder if he does. This is a. We got 20 seconds oh. left. Oh no, so this is just this routine. Jeez, Morning routine. Up, which also is pretty damn entertaining. I think it's legitimately, it's the second, it, I think it's right after that. 
Yeah. If you can find an opening monologue, maybe. Jean-Claude Van Johnson opening monologue. Yeah, yeah. Uh, sure. And then on the other side of it, we got Powers Booth, who was a guy that really never... He just really never tracked. No matter how great he was in, you know, Tombstone, no matter how great he... What was, what was his name? Something Bill? Curly Bill. Yeah, Curly Bill. I mean, that's probably... I'll bet you that's his most famous role. Yeah, and then MacGruber, of course, and obviously Deadwood was a big thing for him, but he did Mutant Species in 94, Blue Sky in 94, and Tombstone in 93. So, you know, a guy that actually has been working a lot through his entire career, he just never had those really huge moments. And the ones that were the biggest in Tombstone and in Deadwood, they just... I don't know. They just didn't ever catapult him to that next level. He should have been a great villain for his entire career. Yeah, I mean, he really should have. You know, rest in peace, Powers <clears throat> Booth. Um, yeah, I mean, he's in movies, right? So he's he's got the he's got the role in Sin City. We remember. Um, you oh know, yeah, he's the dad, right? Yeah, of the uh, shitty guy. Obviously, in uh, what's it called? In uh, Blue Sky was a big movie. Jessica Lange won the Oscar for that one, so people mm-hmm. saw that. You know mm-hmm. that that mattered. Um, yeah, he's in Frailty. That's a movie people like a lot. He oh, yeah. doesn't have a big role in it, but you know he's in Frailty. But yeah, a lot of the stuff that he's in, right? He's in. Okay, he he's like in all these movies that you've heard of, but it's like he's not the reason you remember the movies. It does feel like Tombstone is probably the movie that he is most remembered for at this point. Curly Bill. Red Dawn. He's in Red Dawn, I guess. Uh, do we have it here, Ryan, or no? I got it. Yeah, okay. This let's, is six let's, minutes. Uh, I'll tell you if it's what I'm... Je pas encore de livre. Oh, this is not, it. <laughs> not it. That's in French. It's in French. <laughs> okay, uh, okay, so well, Howard Baldwin... The chairman of the Pittsburgh Penguins was one of the film's backers, obviously. Uh, He had a two-year deal with Universal. Baldwin wanted to use footage from the October 1st game opener between Pittsburgh and Chicago, but the game was delayed due to a lookout, or a lockout, excuse me. He arranged an exhibition game, but the players from Pittsburgh and Chicago apparently did not display the correct intensity that they needed in sudden death. (laughs) I love how much this game does not matter in in the actual movie. But you're supposed to, like... But you're supposed to care. You're like, oh my god, they're down one, now they're up one, they're tied again. Uh, So they arranged another game involving players from the Johnston Chiefs and Wheeling Thunderbirds of the East Hockey League. Uh, crowd shots were done over one night using between 2,000 and 3,000 extras, plus cardboard cutouts to make the stadium seem like 17,000 people. It was filmed in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, where it's set, and Middleton, New York. In 98 between, it took 98 days of filming, which is hilarious to me. Uh, parts were filmed and then unopened and now closed in the Veteran Hospital. Okay. Uh, the finer, this is a Rob Cohen moment and a half. The final helicopter crash was filmed with a 400 foot crane that could pick up and lower the helicopter into the arena. Nine cameras recorded the event, which was filmed several times, and hundreds of emergency vehicles were on standby in case of an accident. Talk about the biggest waste of money. <laughs> Ever. That ending is so preposterous. It's it, like it. I, it kept going, and I kept being like, "I was. I what? Is, what is happening in the seconds? Like the first, he shoots the guys, and they die, and they're perfect shots. He kills them straight both. through the floor, kills them both. Doesn't blow up the helicopter though. Nope. Powers notices that the helicopter is slowly flipping over. It's <laughs> it's flipping backwards. Uh, <laughs> the thing doesn't like veer and spin off. Yeah. It like no, pretty perfectly don't do that. aligns. Yep. Powers like reaches for the controls. He's trying. He, yep. he, he like gets them. I think to stabilize it as it's in like tail dive. Just backwards. like a backwards slow fall down and slow mo. And they keep showing Powers' face. <laughs> ah! He's like ah in his ridiculous wig and mustache. I love which it. which also is like the only reason you could tell it was him was because of the stamp on his hand. Yeah, also, yeah, yeah. why do you let your daughter go after this happened? Anyway. Uh, that ending was so obscene, so absurd, and then he dies. That's and, then it. He, and then it blows up. And yeah. then it blows up, and he's dead. Yeah. And that's how the movie ends, essentially. Uh, <laughs> spoiler alert. Um, so, yeah, it was directed by Peter Hyams. Hyams? Mm-hmm. He was known for directing Capricorn 1, the 1981 science fiction thriller, Outland, and... Uh, the 1984 science film 2010, The Year We Make Contact, a sequel to 2001 A Space Odyssey. And, of course, Running Scared, really great one. The comic book adaptation of Time Cop and the horror films The Relic and End of Days with Schwarzenegger. I've heard a lot, I've heard of a lot of these movies. Yeah, Time same. Cop, Relic, and End of Days are all like, relatively well known. Uh-huh. Capricorn 1 I only know of, only. Because of Schmo. Because it was asked once in a match that really? Sam and Drew got what the fuck eighties was oh and what they was the question and I can't, they they outlined the plot in one of the actors and Sam was like Capricorn one and Drew was like of course and of I was like, course <laughs> like oh my god the unequivocal <laughs> uh, so critical and box office this movie uh, the budget we actually do not have here but it made. $20 million domestic, an additional $44 million worldwide. And if you want to read through the rest of those, I can find the budget here. Your total gross of $64.35 million. Opened number eight 
at four <laughs> with four point seven eight million dollars. That's a, that's a pretty strong indicator of how much people wanted this movie to work or that, gave a shit. The it, eighth with a Jean Claude movie in the in the mid nineties. This is his next movie after Street Fighter. Yeah, I mean. Street Fighter was a bad movie, but like it was but, a big deal. Yeah, it cost thirty five million dollars to make. Thirty million spent on the crane. <laughs> Ridiculous. Uh, uh, it's got a five point eight on IMDb, a fifty one percent on the tomato meter, and a thirty nine percent by the audience. So, <laughs> Kern's just really swinging for the fences there. Kern's really bringing that that thirty five up to thirty nine <laughs> as one of the twenty three people that's ever rated this film online. Um, all right, what's your favorite line? So my favorite line, it's oh, I mean, it has to be a Powers Booth line because every single one is a Powers Booth line. And it's the line that he says, uh, I believe, to the president as well. But um, it's, there's enough bombs in this building to... What is it? To, oh, no, I have... Hold on. Let me I have it right here. Yeah, yeah. He says there's enough explosive in this building to... Uh, there's enough explosive in this building to stop all the clocks in the hemisphere. Yeah. Which I'm like... <laughs> How does that make sense? Why does the explosion stop the... I'm in. I'm in. There. I mean, there are so many good ones. Um, I wish that I could find the line that he has about the wine. He, like, describes the wine. Oh, it's so... And he's just, like, sipping red wine while he's killing people. So good. Yeah, it's it's incredible. Uh, he. I mean, he just has so many good lines. Like, the, in, the entire movie is just a series of him saying awesome shit. I mean, Mrs. Baldwin, I don't think anyone with manicured fingernails wearing a $10,000 wristwatch is planning on blowing himself oh, up. Yeah. $15,000. And then he throws it away at the end of the movie to like hide who he is, to conceal it, instead of just wearing a jacket. The mayor has decided not to run for re-election after he kills him. <laughs> just everything he says is incredible. Oh, God. Okay. Uh, so moving on to AMA question. Uh, we do a contest every weekend. And by we, I mean Richard Eric Jarvie, who runs our Instagram. He gets a little bit of help there from James Spence. And of course, the man... The myth, the legend, Josh Ryan. Check out at Josh Ryan Sports if you guys haven't already. He's a, he's a great dude. He's a reporter, I believe, up in Canada. A news, uh, like a sportscaster. Is it Canada? Yeah, I mean, that's he's definitely he definitely is a broadcaster. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure if it's Canada. But yeah, Josh has been a, a friend, a supporter for a long time, and he has really, really great questions. Uh, yeah, really great questions. Also, a strikingly handsome man. He says, when did American audiences lose interest in any action stars playing Americans that clearly weren't American? Jerry B is kind of the only one exception now, right? Because even Statham always has his accent. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is interesting, right? Like, <clears throat> like Jackman doesn't really... God, why hasn't Jackman done a bad action movie? Why hasn't he? Yeah. I mean, he has. Like, he did, yeah, like, I mean, Van Helsing and movies like that. Yeah, that movie's real good. Why doesn't he just do, like, a sweet one? If I just go on a Jerry B run? Yeah. Now that he's done doing the uh, the show tour? Pelvic thrusts abound. <laughs> um, Such a talent. I, uh, I don't really know how to answer this question. Do you have? Do you want to field it? You got, a, you got an idea? I, I think it's an interesting question. I think, I mean, my guess would be around the time of 9-11. It would probably be, there's a, I think there's just an increased, I think there's an increased sense of, like, patriotism and mm-hmm. this feeling of, like, America being so much more prominent and significant and the things you're willing to spend money on in the era post 9-11, which is, I think, why so many of those movie stars leaned into these war films where you didn't really have like a lot of these war films where the importance of what was going on was like buoyed by patriotism or or heroism in this way um like you didn't have to deal with real characters living today very often living situations you could relate to it was something completely you know not relatable and then very often just like so american yeah, and I also think that there's the thing where audiences evolve. Like, every couple decades, they, like, all of a sudden are not pleased by Humphrey Bogart talking like this. That's yeah. not how real people talk. It's not acting. Right. You know? So, like, I go back and I watch Casablanca, and I'm like, oh, this is this is a good movie. But Humphrey Bogart's not a very good actor or very handsome or anything, you know? Yeah, right. Um, I think it might have been a part of that around the same time. I think audiences were just like, all right, if you're going to do it, you need to, you need, I need to believe it. Yeah, right. You know? And, like, I think it's the same thing why we have issues with, like, Charlie Hunnam and Pacific Rim is just... People want we're American, so yeah. we know what Americans sound like. So and if you're going to do it, do it's it right. Distracting, and it's weird. Yeah, <clears throat> so, yeah, yeah. I think I think that's. I mean, I, I yeah. Jerry B is kind of the one exception now. I mean, I think it's because Jerry B feels he like feels American. He's transcended nationality. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know he does. He does like feel American. Yeah, right. Somehow. What are you watching up there? Yeah, that was an ad for what I think is a Jean Claude Van Damme monologue, and it looked like it was a yoga ad. I looked so up and it I was immediately panned out. A lot of butts. Jean Claude Van Johnson. Uh, so, Josh, I hope that answers your question. Let us know what you think. Tweet at us uh, something you do regularly, but tweet at us and let us know what you think the reason is, and uh, let us know in the chat, guys. 
I think we are uh, kind of nearing the end of the show here yes, in just a are. few minutes. There are three action movie categories, Drew. Totally ridiculous, totally legitimate, and ridiculously legitimate. Which category do you think this film fits into? Dead heroes make the best funerals. Um, uh, you know, there was a moment for a, a little bit there where I wanted to go ridiculously legitimate. I want to put it in that category, but it's just not. And, and when Jean-Claude comes out and plays goalie, that's when they lose me. That is 100%. I'm like, what? When Jean-Claude starts walking happening? at the beginning of the film and doesn't talk, that was, <laughs> yeah, that was totally was ridiculous for me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know if there's any way around it. I'd love to see the arguments if you guys have one, but there's just no there's just no way this movie is anything but totally ridiculous. He, like, starts walking, and I literally hear, like, these boots are made for walking playing. <laughs> it's, like, so preposterous. These boots are made for walking, but it's the French version. Uh, ridiculously legit says uh, Denuzio because of powers. Yeah, I agree that powers almost gets it there. Because I mean, he does the thing that we always say. Yeah, he does the thing we always say, where it almost roots the movie enough that it feels like it works. But then his death in his wig and mustache <laughs> are so. Also, his mustache is hilarious because yeah. it's like you don't need. You should have just had one then shaved it or yeah. something. I don't know. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, there's only one last thing left to talk about this week, and it's called the Peach. That was a good one. That was cool. God, there's a lot of generals. There's a ton of generals. I love it. The pitch next week is a grotesquely violent film. It isn't. I raped you 50 times. <laughs> I haven't seen this movie since 2009. Maybe? I would love to watch this movie with you. I hope I think we, we get, get to, to watch, watch it together. together. Yeah, guys, we're going to do Rambo 08. Rambo 08. This is the. Uh, oh, this is. Yes. This yes. is in the. Right? Fa- this is in the period <laughs> of time when Stallone got like he got like. Uh, older gentleman jacked we'll call it where you start to where you're the the kind of like the kind of uh, striations in your body that you see are like you have like eight abs instead of six yep, they're yep. kind of like small and long and thin the HGH has just been compounding <laughs> in your system for decades never proven never proven never proven, never proven. <laughs> not taken to quote a lot no I mean I, this this movie is sweet I uh, I really 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 am excited to talk about it this. is insanely violent it's so violent it, and I love the bow and arrow it's so good. I haven't seen it in a long time. Isn't the isn't the girl in this movie the wife in um, Dexter? Isn't that who it is? The blonde. Oh, uh, is it? It might be. I'll look it up. I think I think it is. And the guy, yes, it is. It is a hundred percent. I can't remember her name. Yeah, me Julie Benz. Yep, Julie Benz. Julie Benz. Yeah. Yep. And the guy who's like the other reporter guy who's like with her. He's like, don't do it, Julie. He's yeah. like such a shit weasel, yeah, right? Total yeah. shit weasel. That's the guy that he says. <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite line. <laughs> favorite line it's, it's, it's so aggressive. It's so <laughs> hilariously aggressive, and you can't understand a word he says. <laughs> oh man, am I excited to watch this movie? Oh, so guys, that's what we're doing next week. Go and watch it. We will be watching it probably together on Sunday, and uh, we got some generals to shout out. So, guys, I'm going to go backwards this time. Okay, I love it. Uh, Sari Laminmaki, AJ Lancaster, Tamer Buddha, Kyle Hilbert, Jeremiah Morris, Nick Gilmore, Mac Ryan, Kelsey Kirkland, Kyle Grandinetti, Jake Yacoveta, John Patterson, John Getz, Billy Belford, Paul Denuzio, Andrew Hayes. Holy crap! It's a lot of generals in the army, guys. You guys make up. The family that is Action Industries. We salute you. We salute you all. Thank you all for your support. And, and for uh, these lovely gifts. Gifts and, and, just and the shirt. Generally amazing. Everything. Um, we're excited to be back next week talking Rambo. Tune in to the Action Guys this week. Yeah, it sounds like we're going to do some kind of a villains episode. That'll be sweet. Yeah, that'll we'll be go, a lot of fun. Maybe we'll go at lunch and just make that list. Yeah, I think we should. Like a fun time. Definitely. Um, all right, guys. Bye. From producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals.